guys, I'm André Villas-Boas, listening to Echoes of Glory. And don't forget, whatever happens, the future is bright, future is lily white. Come on, you Spurs. Hello and welcome to Echoes of Glory, season 10, episode 22. I'm Jack. I'm Jay. I'm ASD. after you? I don't know why. We're, we're definitely not redoing that either. So for everyone that listens, before we, I press record every week, I say, just for hellos, let's do it in this order so that there's no dead air or nobody talks over each other. And we go through it. It's very clear. Unless your name's Jay. Um, well, it's been a... It's, it's not been a great week again. Um, we are going to talk about the games. We're going to start by answering all of your questions and thoughts that you've put to us on Reddit. So ASD's got a list of stuff that we're going to go through. So over to you, mate. Here we go. Emmanuel Badboy says, do you believe in the notion of the painful rebuild? And if so, do you see a way of completing it without losing Kane? Kane is 27-28 now. There's a video that's doing the rounds that said from four years ago that he says if we don't win something in three years, he'll be disappointed. Um, I think it's a great question. So I think I've got a few points to this answer. Um, Yes, I believe in the rebuild because all sides have to do it. So that's me bluntly answering the the question. I think that what makes me nervous is that this squad, as we've been saying, and as previous managers have been saying for a number of years, needs a massive, massive rebuild in terms of players going, players coming in. And it's going to need a massive injection of cash to do it. This is a squad, realistically, it needs a 200, 250 million pound rebuild, right? If we're being completely honest, if you want to be challenging at the top, if not more than that, right? As a club, there is absolutely no way that we're going to write a cheque for 200 million and say, let's go and spend that, right? So we're going to have to raise funds. So what makes me nervous is for us to raise huge sums of money. How do you do that with a football club? You sell players that are worth a huge amount. And for me, it could be Kane. It could be Son. It could be Ndombele. I feel like out of those three, I I used to have Deli Alley in this conversation, but I don't think you could get anywhere near as much from him anymore. But I think realistically, somebody's going to have to get sacrificed to raise the money. Um, it can't be Kane. Like, it it can't be like if, if Kane goes, we're done. Like we are completely done because if you sold Harry Kane for a hundred and fifty million pound, who you gonna who are you gonna get? Like realistically, you'd have to spend at least two thirds of that and you'd get somebody half as good. So it's like it can't like it can't be Kane. Um but I think that there are gonna have to be some high profile, potentially eyebrow raising players leave in order to raise some of the money like I, honestly I look at somebody like Son and I think Levy would be tempted if a big if a big site Bayern Munich come in and said we'll give you 150 million for it I think he'd be gone I of really course. do I really do 50 of course um so to answer the question I do believe in the rebuild and I think that it is painful like it is what it is we've tried to do it and we've just recruited poorly in the last couple of seasons the caliber of players that we've brought in ultimately hasn't been good enough um so it's not through want of trying um we need to we need to sign better players than what we've done or we need the players to come in and hit the ground running because it always feels like with Spurs we sign players and we're always like oh give them a year give them a year like to get settled but then other clubs bring players in and they they're absolutely amazing from day one so that's my that's my thought it's a great question though it is a good question but 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 who's really worked out from the off this season elsewhere that's what I was going to say there's not many teams who have had a good who they you for every three you buy one works right you look at Ziek at Chelsea he was meant to be the next big thing he was great in the Champions League for Ajax he's done nothing yeah all of Chelsea none of them have worked none of them that's why they're languishing around where we are so I think it's quite useful to look at the rebuild that other sides are, are going through well look at Liverpool Liverpool yeah Liverpool went through a rebuild and then they're almost back where they started right now, if you look at the here and now. And, and I, think, I think the rebuild has been a constant process for the last 15 years. And I like to go back 15 years to really Martin Yol. We were in the doldrums until Martin Yol came along, gave us some hope. And, and we've been on a steady trajectory, upward trajectory since then. And we, we haven't really gone back to that. I, I still see it. I mean, if you look at the stadium that we're in, 
the the standing that we have the re the recent season season wide performances there has been an upward trajectory we're in a slump right now and we're all navel gazing but not long ago we were top of the league and every one of our uh, our our signings was absolutely flat firing and we've signed some absolute legends reggie, reggie Hoiberg. and Hoiberg, exactly rodon maybe still maybe. there's still potential yeah. there we've got some amazing players to come back yeah i think sessignon that there's there's a part of me that thinks he'll come back re-energized ha- having played in the bundesliga um and i'm i'm Obviously, there's a mixed per- perception of the extent to which, um, what's his chops at Norwich? Skip. Skip. We've been talking about him all day on yeah. the pop, on, on, the, on the signal. Huh. Uh, um, there's, there's mixed thoughts on how good signal, uh, 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 signal. Uh, <laughs> there are mixed views on signal. I'm, I'm, I'm team Skip. I really am. Yeah. I think there's enough about his game that, that will port very, very well to, 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 to the Premier League. See, this is where I worry about some young players, right? Because, like, from what I've seen from Skip, even when he played for us last season, like, there were games where it's like, he looks like he could do something. But, like, if we're talking about being a team that needs to be challenged at the top of the league, like, Skip, Sessegnon and Roden are not, they're not the calibre of player that, you, that are going to allow you to do that. Like, they could end up becoming that and they could yeah. be good squad players. But, like... You know, there's just no way that that, that they're honestly, if they're three players that are in your starting eleven, you're probably yeah. in the bottom half. Are they any worse? And this 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 is where it, it, it is useful to compare to uh, Thiago Alcantara. I think he, I'd rather have Thiago than Skip at the minute. Yesterday, he was winks levels mm. of below I feel Like Thiago is an interesting one because, like, he's a player, isn't it? That isn't Liverpool's style, but that was sort of like why they got him, didn't they? Because they were like, it's in games where teams sit in and we can't break them down, we'll get Thiago and he'll be that guy. So it's like, yeah. it's a bit of a funny one because he's being forced to play him really every week, Klopp, at the moment, isn't he? Because the injuries they've got. But it's like, he's not a high energy pressing midfielder. Like, he's, he's a, if you've got 65% of the ball, he's brilliant. Um, but yeah, like, of, of the three youngsters that you mentioned... Sessignon for me is probably the one where I'm like he, you know, he could he could be a decent squad player for us because it's like he's doing very well in the Bundesliga, like scoring goals, playing at like he's playing at a good level. Um, and I feel like a lot of young players just like need to go and play, don't they? Which is why I'm pleased that we loaned out a lot of the guys this year because we don't normally do that many loans, do we? We didn't do it a lot under Potch. It was yeah. like we sort of kept them in around the first team and they trained with them. But like I think it's great that the guys have gone out and. Like Skip will probably play forty-five games this season. It's like that's brilliant. Yeah. He's, he's smashing it as well. But it's 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 a bit like when Lamella turns it on against Europa League team. You have to. Yeah. It's fine if you have to. You have to see it in the bigger leagues. Um, Jay, uh, uh, Dick Gilbert says to expand on that point. If we are going to do a rebuild, do you want the rebuild done by Jose, knowing the style that gets brought along with it? Well, I think I think the last four or five games has shown that there isn't a defined style. The way we went, the way we went at Everton. What style was that? That that was the Pochettino style. I I, I would I, I I would argue right now that there is there is a style that he has been typecast to to put in place, and we saw us default to when we were playing teams arguably stronger than us, and winning against them. But but he is trying different things, and there is. There, there, there is, I think, a lot more to come on this front. Okay, so you trust him. I think, I think what's, I think what's, what's, what's that, what's holding us back here, is the ineptitude of some of the players and the inconsistency of some of the players. I'll just focus on one key example. I mean, there was a number of examples from Saturday, wasn't there? I mean, I mean, the, the, the decline of Sanchez. Well, Toby oh. as well. Toby oh. breaks my heart. Hugo. Eric. Hugo. I'm, I'm now on the Hugo. He's not doing it. The bit, the question then for you, Jay, is sorry, I can see you're poised to say something. The question is, can you train mistakes out of someone? Or, and if not, what is the point of having a coach if it's not then if he's not then just buying people? For me, that that's the bit that I've yet to see from Jose, where he put an arm around a player and improved them. And that I, I felt I felt like we saw that. 
I thought we were lucky with there are some extreme examples where Harry Redknapp got lucky with Gareth Bale, I think. And Modric. Modric was poor and then he took off. Yeah. Uh, but but was that Harry or was that them? That that's the thing because with Harry, right? The he just had an incredible like everything clicked, and that's yeah. the point about the first eleven where we don't have a good enough first eleven that just works together. Like back when it was you know Wanyama, Dembele, Delhi, Eriksson, Son, Kane, Toby, Yan, even then like davis oria is that is that about right or whoever would be even walker right back you had your first team it all worked and we don't have that now like i don't know what formation we're going to play with it's the three three or the two three one nothing really works and we we just need to we talked about this a couple of weeks ago i think just get rid of some of the chuff um i'm still i'm that's always been jose's criticism he buys a team and then leaves and he makes an amazing team and then leaves and that that's the bit that worries me a little bit because he doesn't make people better. Delhi has not got better. He could be better. He's not. Kane, Kane's almost a law unto himself. He's brilliant. Son, Son still is going in and out of games. I think there's some games where he disappears a little bit. And then I don't think he's making anyone better. And I'm still a bit pissed that he he's got he's pushed Gazaniga out I think he's a fantastic keeper I really do so that that bit's annoyed me anyway let me move on to the next questions so there's one for the Jose in sorry so you just go to City they were in a massive slump and the one the one thing Pep's known for is arm round players improving the one-to-one oh Klopp as well that's what Klopp does He, he creates that community yeah yeah and he's got players to improve De- Delhi is improvable. Mm. The argument, though, is that Jose is not improving these players. Pochettino didn't improve these players. We had our peak. We're talking like f- four years ago now, really, that we were really yeah. good. So it's sort of like that was when those players were at the peak. And like they've just declined since then. Like it's just part of the game. It's like the, the issue is, you know, the team that we had in 27, 2018, the team now, there's not actually that much different. Not, no. not really. There's probably six or seven of those players are probably still in the side. So it's like that's an issue. And, and one of the problems has been that we haven't, the, the, the owners and Levy haven't backed the manager in terms of getting rid of players. That's mm. been such an apparent thing that it's like we forget that Poch wanted, he, he would have got rid of Toby. You know, like he wanted him, he wanted him and Vertonghen both gone yeah. um, in, in that summer after the Champions League final. It's like clearly we didn't get the amount of money that. Levy had assumed that we would for them. It's like the Danny Rose issue, you know, like Danny Rose is still at the club. Yeah. And you just think like it's, he just, we didn't get rid of players when we should have. And I know, I, I understand it from an owner's point of view, because it's like, I want to get as much money as I can. But then when you have players that then just are not going to play, you know, hanging around the squad, it's just, it's not healthy. Well, Toby had a buyout clause of what, 20 million? And no one came for him. That should have been alarm bells because we thought we had one of the best centre-backs in Europe and we, we obviously didn't. Anyway. I, still, I still think with Toby, there's a quality defender in there. Massively. Like, Massively. I just think that I don't know how we sort of snap out of this because we've been conceding goals for a number of years now, if we're, you know, if we're being completely honest. So the point about Jose not improving players, I think that that's a fair point to make, but like that's not really a surprising one. Because it's no. like he's not, you know, he's not, he's not a nurturer at all. He just comes in and it's like you need to be a Jose player, and if you're not, well, you're probably not going to play here. But then the flip side, if he's not improving players, he's barely improving the squad, right? Because he's had three windows now. Now, admittedly, the first one was we haven't got any money, get through it. The second one was like COVID, it's gone crazy, and we we had like what a week off, two weeks off, yeah. and the third one was January when no one was spending any money, no one had any money. So I appreciate that. But if he's not improving us, apart from Hoiberg and Reggie, and Reggie's probably going to leave in a, in a year and a half, then what's he doing? But uh, for the Jose in, I'm going to read the three questions out. So to Jack, what would have to get worse for you to change your mind? For me, what would have to get better to change your mind and when by? And for Jay, what, uh, as an era of your random, where does this rank? So where does this rank? for you in 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 your Spurs support in history so let's do that one first because that's an interesting one was that just for Jay or was that for all of us actually yeah Jay you think about it so Jack that was just for Jay but Jack you do yours so for Josie and what would have to get worse for you to change your mind I think for me it's I'm not that precious over style 
I would much rather be watching us on the front foot, dominating games of football, playing lovely possession-based stuff and winning 2 3 0 every That's the ultimate, you know, Pep at Barcelona, is that's the ultimate football. That's what every football fan wants to see, right? But you've got to be realistic. I'm not that precious over style. For me, if we get to the end of the season and we haven't won anything and we're not, you know, in the top four, like, then that for me is like, well... Where do we go from here? Because it, like that—that—that that, that is it, really. It's sort of like where—where where does the season end? Mm. Like, and I think even if we were to finish sort of like eighth or ninth and win a league cup, but it'd still be there'd be massive, massive question marks for me about like what do we do now? Um, which is sort of it's sort of two points. I think to answer the actual question, it would have to be for it to get worse. It would be that we finish outside of Europe and we don't win anything. And if that happens, then I'm probably more towards this isn't working. But then that poses the question of where do you go then? And that's always the thing for me. And like this is what, you know, I said it under when we had Poch, when we had Harry, even when we had Yo, it was sort of like, if you're going to get rid of a manager, what's the plan? And I think at the minute, if I was to say to any Spurs fan, right, OK, Mourinho's gone. Who do you want to be the next manager? There aren't any names that straight away, like if you're being realistic, there isn't really anybody where you think that guy would be brilliant for us. It's sort of like there's some names where you'd be like, mm, they'd be all right. But I, I genuinely, like, I'd be scratching my head thinking, like, who the hell would we get? OK, so let me. So what would have to get better for me to change my mind by when? So to answer your question, Jack, Eddie Howe, or even Brendan. I can't believe I'm saying it, Brendan, but Brendan, I'd take them. Eddie Howe wouldn't. Eddie, Eddie Howe wouldn't. The reason I like Eddie Howe is because he makes people better and he brings that team together and he plays progressive football. I, we, he may not be elite, but we don't know. Um, what would have to get better? It's just a plan. I just want to see a plan because it feels like there's just been no consistency. And I, like that's why you, I feel so fickle. But going back to when we beat City 2-0 the pod, I thought we were going to do the quadruple because I couldn't see anyone beating us. Arsenal were chucking balls in. They had something like 45 crosses against us. It may be even more. And they just weren't getting anywhere. It seemed like we had a plan. It did seem to rely on chaos and an accident to score. But it felt like there was a plan. But now it just seems that he's he's slow. Do you remember when Harry was leaving us and he was he started saying them instead of we and I at the football club? And it feels like it's getting there. It, it, it still feels like he's setting us up. And then it's down to individual mistakes. It's never my fault. Whereas he's the boss. He should be ultimately culpable. And I made the point about Eddie Jones last week, so I'm not going to go again. Now, the point on trophies, and one of your mates called me out on it, yeah. Jack. I think his name was Stacy, something like that. He, Jordan, uh, Jordan oh, yeah, yeah, similar. yeah. And um, it, it's the winning trophies for me, I want to be really clear is I want to win the cup or the European cup. You know exactly which cup I'm talking about. Winning a cup doesn't really cut it. Europa League is nice, but it's it's the second string cup. And same with the Carabao Cup. For me, doing that double obviously is a doing the double is a big those of those two is a big achievement, but it's not the double. It's it's a second rate achievement. I'd rather finish in the top four. Because that that is the growth of the team. And that's what I want to see. For it to get better, I want to see the growth. I fully appreciate that before Harry, which isn't that long ago, it's only 10 years ago, we had never finished in the top four, right? And we we're on a trajectory up. And it's like the fact that we were first at Christmas and now we're not and we're disappointed is crazy considering where we were 10 years ago. But for me, it's just I just want to see a plan. I want to see where the improvements are coming from. I want to see youth brought through. And I just want to see that the heart of the club, like they used to be able to go, we know what we're going to do. There seems to be intelligence behind it. But right now it just doesn't. Jay, what is, where does this rank? 20 years ago, we were Everton Villa. Yeah. And we're not now, are we? And, and, and as, 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 as we've grown, Everton knocks out of the cup. <laughs> <laughs> what a great game as, as you kept saying on on, on the uh, on the signal chat i don't mind losing because we're playing great football said asc <laughs> i enjoyed it no i said i enjoyed it for the first time in, in about five i months. hated that game of football the other night I, I hated it which one did you dislike more the city game or the villa game the everton game um I probably dislike. I mean, the city game was exactly what I thought. We would, like, I was not surprised at all. Like at that, um, I probably dislike the Everton one more. If I'm totally honest, like it was just, 
Oh, because we love when you watch a, a defenders not be able to kick the ball or head the ball. Oh, I know. It was you awful. Just, like, or you watch a goalkeeper like not know how to use his hands to save a shot. You just think like if my if if the kids are coach on a Saturday morning and that's like under sixes made some of those errors, I'd be tearing my hair. The fact that it happened in you know the highest level is just extraordinary. What has the coach done to you to make you play like that? <laughs> Show me where he touched you. How, how, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, God, but to, I know what you mean. Everton, Everton aren't a top four club, right? They're not even a top six. They're not. They're not. And so we have we have gone on a massively positive trajectory over the last fifteen twenty years, um, culminating in a Champions League final, um, and some of the greatest football we've ever played, and some of the best seasons we've ever had under Pochettino. Personally, to keep it to keep it short and sweet, I feel we've gone back to the AVB years. Not a bad Let- thing. I just want to and say that was from Studio no, Department. That's mate. a good point, though, because I think we've gone from being a, a, a consistent Champions League side to now being a side that looks like they could challenge to get into the Champions League. Yeah. That's, and, the, that's the step back we've gone. That's, that's the step back, and, and that's the step forward this proven winner has to, has to make now. Um, and I, I think largely we've got the players. The only, the only player missing here is Christian Eriksen, really, and Jan. No one else really missing. And you could say we've upgraded quite considerably since then. So we've got the quality to get there. You know, I don't, I don't think Leicester right now are dripping with quality. Ditto West Ham. Yeah, he's just, they've just got managers that have got right in those, in, the, in those players' heads. And he's got them playing together really well and enjoying their football. I don't think we are enjoying our football right now. No. We're going out a little bit scared. Uh, that's a manager to sort out. Yes. These are from Studio Depan, so great question. So from just Grand GSK Ran says, Jose is probably going to stay until the end of the season. It's big if, but if Jose wins a trophy this season, whether it's the League Cup or the Europa, do you think we should let him rebuild the squad with his kind of players? Basically, if Jose wins a trophy this season, should we take the path of Liverpool did with Klopp and see it as a long-term project, or should we stay with a three-year Jose cycle? That's a brilliant question. Um I think it massively depends on the mood and the feel of the club. So by that, I think at the moment, nobody's happy. And it's sort of like if the season finished and it's like this and we win a cup, I think that people would be like, it was a needs must season. Like we've played this, it's been this, we needed that trophy, which we like, we desperately need to, to win some stuff like we do. Um, it's another great question. Um, I personally think that if we don't finish in in the European spots, even if we win a trophy, that it could it could be gone. Yeah, I'm with you. So if Jose wins a trophy, we have. To I don't think, think it. Ju- I don't think it. Ju- I don't think him winning the League Cup would justify two hundred million pound rebuild for him. If I'm on, I think. I think if we won the League Cup and finished it fourth, then I think. It does, but yes. I think that if if he if he wins a league cup, which would still be brilliant, like we need it, but really we're we're a club that need both. We need Champions League football and we need trophies. It's like it shouldn't be one or the other, but it's sort of like we need one or the other at least this season. Though we can't have neither this season. So I think that the, but the feel of the club is so important because it's like if you think to you know, when it was at its best with Potch, when it was at its best at Harry, there was just such a feel-good thing about Spurs, wasn't there? And it's sort of like, you believed in it. And I think at the moment, there aren't many people, including the players, that really believe in what we're doing. It We might not even really know what we're trying to do at the minute. Like, that's sort of how it feels. Like, yeah. at the start of the season, I sort of knew what our identity was. It was to be tough and resilient and to dig in and play on the break of pace. And that was sort of reflected in... Our style, but just sort of like we went into games like with belief, especially as supporters. Like I went into it thinking we we're gonna be able to frustrate them and plan. It was like the City game at the weekend. Like I was like, there's no way. Like there's, there's, there's no way we're gonna call. We, we won't even get to an hour level. Like it just won't happen. And yeah. I think that a lot of that's reflected on the players. So really, I think for massive questions like that, you've got to be looking at whether or not the core of the squad is actually playing for the manager. Like and that's the thing. And it's sort of like again, we remember the Brighton game under Potts where we went down 3-0 and it was sort of like, at that point, everyone was sort of like, 
the, the squad don't want him. Like they're not playing for him. So it's like I think that if we got to the end of the season and it's I don't think we're at that point at the moment. By the way, like I don't, I don't watch it and think these players aren't playing. Yeah, for him. we're definitely it's, not at that point. It's a I think at the minute it's a it's an issue of quality and it's an issue of the way we're setting up doesn't play to our strengths particularly. So for me, I think if I see the squad almost down tools, that's sort of when you know that that it's over. Um, yeah. I think we're in a... Um, I don't think a... we're far off that, though. That, that That's what makes me nervous. I feel like we're really on the fence between a few good results and we could, right, let's kick on again, well, but then three or four more dodgy ones and it could be sort of like, how do we get out of this mess? That that that's what makes me very nervous at the minute. Yeah, we beat, yeah. Look at we knocked Chelsea out of the cup, beat Man United six one, scored five against Southampton in the same week. We've still got that squad and that manager. Yeah. So that that is that is there. Um yeah. let me ask this question. This is a good one. And I I'm gonna start because I answer it if you don't mind. Seventy two minutes says, Has there been a manager more divisive than Jose? I've only just started following Spurs from the early Poch days, so I'd love to hear your input. Immediately I'm thinking Harry was divisive. I'm thinking A V B was divisive. Even Sherwood was divisive. George Graham. George Ooh. Graham. Oh Sex Arsenals, that was a while ago. Oh, so A V B, I loved him because it was just after the chaos of Harry, he had a plan, but he had only one plan and it was dreadful. Harry, it was all about him. There was always the question of, did he get lucky? And it was always like, it's 10 years to the day, isn't it, since we went away to AC Milan, who had a team full of superstars and beat them 1-0 with Lennon. He's away from Yepo's here and Crouch scoring. One of the greatest days, right? Leading to one of my favourite ever games of White Hart Lane. Probably the loudest I ever heard White Hart Lane was the 0-0. Uh, he was divisive. I was I remember when we we played the Newcastle and everyone was just after he got acquitted for that court acquit um, for tax dodging and he people were thinking he was going to go manage England and the and we went like three 0 up in about twelve minutes yeah. I think Asuakoto scored first and Louis Saha debut wasn't it and he was just he had not scored yeah in like twenty games and he scored two goals and um everyone was singing we want you to stay I couldn't stand him there was just something like just go out and play a bit I remember I've said this a million times going out on the I did the studio tour the studio the the tour of the stadium when they were changing from Harry to AVB and they were as I was there going around the change room they were moving Harry's tactics board out which didn't have 11 magnets on it for players it just didn't he didn't do that stuff and that wound me up and so um, I don't know if Harry was that divisive I know you didn't like it but I think in general I'd probably say that that like 75 80 percent of Spurs fans were behind Harry and didn't you know you're always going to get some right that dislike him but I don't know if he was if he was that that divisive for me okay um he's got a style so so he what's divisive about him is that you've got every other fan base in your ear as a Spurs fan believing that they could and, and they're convinced yeah, they, they've got to the bottom of his style and it's very easy to figure out. Yeah, there's, there's no nuance if you're a United fan or a Chelsea fan. He plays one way, he parks the bus. And I know we're talking about, you know, the, the, the proletariat of football. Yeah, yeah football Twitter think, they, think they've cracked the game and they're not seeing the nuance. Um, but, and, and for that reason, he, I don't think we've had a, uh, a manager that divisive. I really don't. Who has won so much, um, has convinced so many people um, to either love him or absolutely despise him. Um, so in, in that respect, I, think, I, I still think it's a masterstroke, you know, because could, he, he could easily turn things around. He could. Yeah, yeah. Just as easily turn things around. You know, Tanganga comes through now, Lo Celso comes back, Reggie comes back, and all of a sudden, you know, you've got Lo Celso coming off the bench at one yeah, yeah. versus versus City and just springing them. You know, that, that quality coming off the bench, we don't have right now. And we're having to start with Lucas Mora, who can't complete a pass in his own third. Annoyingly, the voice of reason there, Jay. So thank you. Um, I just say as well that we've we've no we've, <laughs> with, uh, <laughs> with, um, with with Jose being so divisive, which he is, and I do think it, certainly in my lifetime he's the most. That 
I think any manager coming in to take the job that Pochettino had would have been divisive. Like, I just think it was yeah. the nature of the job. And then, so it's that multiplied by the fact that Jose has always been a love or hate guy has just made it even bigger. Um, but I genuinely think that anybody coming in would have had to have won more people over than, than they didn't have to. Like, normally, like, when there's a sacking, a new manager comes in and it's sort of like it lifts you. Yeah. Like, but because there was such an attachment to Pochettino, like it was always going to be a difficult job for somebody to come in and and, and sort of fix it. Because like yeah. there weren't many Spurs fans that wanted. I don't think any Spurs fans wanted Poch to go. I think that a lot of us felt like it was the time because the results and I don't. None of us wanted him to. Do you know what I mean? It was sort of like I feel like a level-headed ones understood it when he went, but we didn't particularly want him to go. So anybody coming in, it would have been difficult, but. It, when you go from one extreme to the other, which we have massively done here in terms of style, culture, footballing philosophy, the way you conduct yourself in the media, the type of players that you sign, like it's always going to make people react differently because it's a huge change. And we don't know, do we? Is it working with Sacramento? Is Ledley working out? Mm. Yeah. What's Ledley doing? Amazing player, but is he, is, he, is he able to get the most out of that back line? Arguably, right now, not. It's a quite an experienced coaching staff, though. If you're looking at it, I've not thought about this, but like, Ledley's got no experience. Sacramento, this is his second job in football. Yeah. You know I mean, professional level. Like, I know Joe's has obviously been there and done it for decades, but like, it's, it's quite an inexperienced coaching staff. Yeah. Um, it's a good point, but, you know, we, we, just, we just don't know, do we? And, and we, we, all, we all view, at, you know, as we should, because he was unbelievable for us for so many years. Ledley through rose-tinted spectacles, but we've got to be really objective here. His back line are cocking up in every game. Mm. And and they've got worse. I feel like Ledley might be one of those coaches, I get this, that sort of like explain stuff so simply, but then like can't understand why defenders can't do what he did. Do you know what I mean? You'll be like, all you've got to do is receive the ball from the goalkeeper and play the ball into midfield. And uh, and he's telling he's, he's probably telling his players to do it, and then he watches Eric Dyer get on the ball and give it away, and he'd just be thinking like, I can't grasp how can you not make. Yeah. It's like when Glenn Hoddle was a coach, wasn't it? It's like the yeah. players hated him because he'd be like, well, this is what you do with free kicks, and bang, you spend it at the top corner. It's like players hated it, and he couldn't relate to them because he'd just be like, I don't get how you can't pass from there to there. Like, how can you not do that? He he, he doesn't know how to train ineptitude and mm. poor confidence because he he was not he was neither of those. And that's what he's got right now with uh, with Davinson Sanchez and Aaron Dyer. Tactical laziness says, what positives can sacking Jose bring? If we get rid of Jose now and replace him with another project manager, then that'll be the end for this cycle of talent. Kane, Son, we need to simply strengthen in the areas we all know need strengthening, not overhaul the whole playing and training structure in the hope of uncovering something better. Do you agree? Mm, I disagree with that. I think that this... This group of players have been together for a long period of time. It's not like playing FIFA where you can just go in and you can sell 15 players and buy 15. Like, you know, it doesn't work like that. Like, if you're just thinking about life and business, like, it doesn't work like that. You have to gradually get players out and bring people in. So it takes time to do. But the squad is in massive need of overhaul. Like, there, there's just, there's nothing from the last probably three seasons. And you think, that this, it was about 2018, wasn't it, when Poch said, that we need a painful rebuild, like this has to happen. Mm. And it's sort of like, we haven't really had one. So it's sort of like, it's almost like we've attempted the second part of that question, which was like, let's just try and strengthen and get a few people in. So it doesn't it doesn't work like that. Like you have to constantly be improving and getting rid of players and bringing new ones in every season for, for it to work. But obviously we lost out, didn't we, by not doing anything for a couple of windows, but we've sort of had our hands tied, so it's difficult. But no, I, I disagree. The squad does need a rib. There's so many players that we need to ship out. The challenge is going to be, one, that you've got to do it over a few windows because you can't just get rid of loads. And two, who's going to come in and say, I'm going to give you 20, 25 million for Davidson Sanchez, for Eric Dyer, for Harry Winks? Like, it, it's not, they're not shocking players, right? But you're not going to get the money that I think Levy and, and some fans think you're going to get. That, that, that's where the difficulty is. And that's much, been the problem. How much did we get for that Austrian one, uh, Vimmer? How much did we get for him? About 15 million, didn't we, for him? That like, was crazy. We need, we need that spirit. Yeah. <laughs> that's what we need. Uh, the, the, great the, questions. The, 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 the sides 
that would have paid that, like a Villa or a yeah. Newcastle. Don't need, don't need players like that. And they haven't got the money. They haven't got, got the money. And no one's got the money. No one's got the money. We're stuck with them. Do you we've, to... we've still got Juan Foyth. Yeah. He's not Cameron Carter-Vickers. Like, Foyth, Foyth, and I hope he proves me wrong, is never, ever going to be a Premier League centre-back. Like, he's just, he's just not. Like, there's just no way. Like, he just doesn't have the physique. No. It, he, he, he was chucking... They were having a stable fight, him and Sanchez, in some social media content, some Tottenham official... And I thought, what are you still doing here? <laughs> I thought he was out on loan. On loan, isn't he, somewhere? Didn't he go on loan to... In Spain? Seville or someone like... He got an all right loan, or Villarreal, maybe? They all look the same too, don't they, Jay? <laughs> all white people. He plays the centre-back for Villarreal. driver has got a massive arm on him. He Do was literally in this, in this, in this social media, like chucking snowballs. But anyway... Uh, good questions. I was having to think about uh, one of the things that you raised, uh, Jay, about how like uh, um, other clubs and their signings and Arsenal. Like, I think there's a massive parallel between Spurs and Arsenal in recent years. Like, but we've both got the same amount of Wallies in our fan base, and we've made some incredibly bad uh, signings, right? So Pepe is hilarious, right? Yeah. Seventy million he cost, but it got me thinking about all those old signings because they often took the piss out of us, and it reminded me of Marouane Shamak. Now, do you remember the Marouane Shamak song? <laughs> it was the it's the craziest song, right? It goes, if I remember it, it went, he's not white, he's not black, he comes from a place not far from Iraq, he's from Morocco. <laughs> This was sung in the stadiums. This wasn't like one you'd hear down the pub and no one would sing it. This was the song. Mm. I mean, that's extraordinary. And do you know what? Do you know what's good? What is good? No matter how bad we are, we're still better than Arsenal. Well, we'll see, won't we? Is it 13th of March? I was having like the other day. Just, just imagine the bile in, in the, the minds of millions of Arsenal fans, knowing that, knowing that they're shit and we're shit, but we're not as bad as them. Yeah, they, yeah. Uh, we're going through the worst period in recent history for us, really. In the last, still worse than... in the in the last really five years, like in terms of league form, yeah, this is yeah, it's a bit of a holdover in there. But you know, we got we got West Ham coming up. I'm that game. <laughs> I dread that game anyway. Yeah. Like it's an enjoyable game, but the fact that we're you know we're playing so poorly at the moment, and they're obviously doing really well, it just dreads me because it's sort yeah. of like you know if we win, but when you play West Ham, if we beat them. You can't really be going around gloating because it's like we've beaten West Ham. But then it's like if you lose, it's just like, oh, it's the worst, isn't it? Yeah. And, and, and look at them. Who have they signed? Thomas Suchek, I would argue, is their gay changer. Yeah. Thomas Suchek has become their talisman. Five million? Seven million? Something like that? Nowhere? But it's you know, weird, isn't it? Because they, they got Craig Dawson as well, Jay. They yeah. signed Craig Dawson from Watford. They, Watford went down and he, like, his legs has gone. All of a sudden, he looks like a decent centre-half. But like, it, 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 football just makes no sense at the moment. Like You can't yeah. predict anything. There's nothing logical that's going on with it. Um, that's the same. David Moyes off. And now, yeah. it, I'd, I'd argue his stock couldn't be higher. Yeah. Well, do you remember that there was a song, wasn't there? Tottenham makes some noise. We don't want David Moyes. He's a boring knap, you know. <laughs> uh, that's possibly the best uh, radio-friendly interpretation of a swear word. I <laughs> obviously, as in King Canute. That's where I was going. Like, obviously, reference there. Um, I the Jose's blessed by there not being any fans in the ground, and we're blessed by there not being any West Ham fans in the ground at all. So I think say, that'll be say, nice. So you say, Joe, that's an interesting one, uh, ASD, because as fans, if we were in the ground at the moment, and I think mainly that Chelsea defeat the other week, I was like, the, the players would have played differently because of the supporters. Like, yeah. like we would have driven, like they would have had to have gone forward and had to have attacked, like just because the fans would have been there. So it's sort of like, sometimes like, I'm like, oh God, it's good that we're not there because, Oh, that would be toxic yeah but then on the flip side i'm like but actually like i think that we would have a positive impact in some of those games especially at chelsea one because it's like you there would have been 
even like negativity would have forced the players to do something differently. Do you know what I mean? Whereas like West Ham are hundred percent benefiting from no fans because the Olympic Stadium is just the most negative ground in the league. Yeah. So well, it's like they're they're able to sort of play the way they're playing, which is working for them. Like like you can't Moyes has done brilliantly this season. But it's sort of like they was it they had one game back with fans and they lost, was it three one home to Hall yeah. or something like that? And it's like because the the fans there put pressure on them to play a way that doesn't suit them. Whereas actually, I feel like us as supporters, if we were in the ground, we'd be putting pressure on the team to go forward, which is we know that we know that we're good going forward. Well, Just imagine, you, imagine being a West Ham fan. No, you, you, you bleed claret and blue, yeah. and your side's actually playing better without you. Yeah. Imagine knowing that they don't miss you. Yeah, don't miss. You. In fact, they they do better without you. Just stay at home. That's brutal, isn't it? You're overweight racist. <laughs> well, I, let's not think that Tottenham is a is white hot lane. Everyone behind the team, like the soldado spirit. Like even when you're doing badly, we're gonna. It's not, and it the ground is massive now. Wasn't selling out at all, and it it it's not like there's a hardcore. It, we've been spaced out for for many reasons. Yeah. If, at anything, there'd be no atmosphere. It wouldn't be this positive atmosphere. It'd be full of tourists, which is great. Fill their bags at the club shop. I'm all for that. But that's not. That's I'll not tell what, you it what is. Be, it would be so tense. The first 15 oh, minutes, of game, it? it would be so tense. Like just because the way that we've been playing and the lack of confidence, like it's mirrored on the supporters. So they're all of a sudden fans. Are, it's weird football, isn't it? Because like you think back of all the different sides of having players and managers, you'd go to some games and. For whatever reason, it would just all of a sudden get nervy. And you'd be like, why? Like, we're playing a mid-table side. Like, why do we feel nervous all of a sudden? And on the flip, you'd go into games, you know, when we weren't that good against teams that are top of the league. And you'd think, we can turn them over here. Like, it's just weird sometimes that you would just, sometimes you just get a feeling when you go to a game. You really do. Like, this is what this is going to be. And it's like, I remember when I went Tottenham Arsenal, Danny Rose scored that volley. We hadn't beaten them in the league for maybe like 10 years, like it was a long time. We'd just been knocked out of the FA Cup semi-final by Portsmouth, but we got to the ground. I was with my dad and, and we were both sort of like, get a sense that actually, like, this is going to be a good game. Like, it's really, really, if you've never been to a match, it's hard to sort of describe it, but sometimes you can just sense that something's going to happen, good yeah. or bad. I think yeah, right now, know. the way we start, we, we seem to start incredibly well. The number of things we've scored in the last... Yeah. The number of goals scored in the first 10 minutes. We must be top two or three for goals scored in the first 10 minutes. Yeah. And then bottom three for goals conceded in the rest of the game. But, but, but the nerves would, would, would come straight back in. And I think, I think, I think it's, it's, it's a psychology now. It's in our heads. It's, 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 it's something we've got to work on with a team of psychologists more than anything. Yeah. To, to get our mindsets right. That, and 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 ensure that we continue to have belief through the 90. Yeah, I just my my concern at the minute. Obviously, the defence is is pretty poor. Sort of players that you sort of that we've been relying on this season when we've done well have had a bad few games. Like Hoybio over the last couple of games has been dreadful. Yeah. Like it, he's been really, but it, you know he, he's been one of our best players this season. And the same with Sun. You know, like. Across the whole season, he's been fantastic. The last sort of four or five games, he's, he's not been great. Kane is obviously coming back from a little injury, so it's going to take him a few games to get going. But my my concern at the minute is I, I have no confidence from a defensive point of view in any game at the moment that we're going to keep a clean sheet or even just let him one. So that's, that's sort of what my worry is. But you know, that Everton game, Jay, you say about starting games well, the first five minutes of that Everton game, I thought we're going to win this four or five. The first half an hour, I was like, we are going to walk this game. Unbelievable. And that was brilliant. Like that, that felt like for me when I was watching that, I was like, we've turned a corner here. Yeah. I was like, we're on the front foot. We've got free flowing attacking football. The front four are all linking up brilliantly. We're creating chances. I was like, here we go. This is it. And then, bang! You hit with a you hit with a goalkeeping howler. And you just think, oh, God, that's killed us. And I think at the minute, our confidence is so shaky that all it takes is, it doesn't even take a goal, I don't think. I think it takes a simple mistake. And, and all of a sudden, we're so nervous. Whereas yeah. if you think back to the start of the season, we'd make an error. doesn't matter. It's gone. You know, get on with the next bit. 
Um, ASD, where are you at with Hugo? I mean, I said, didn't I, when we were talking about the free agents, I would happily sell him off, get get Don and Runner in if we could. I'm, I'm not done with him. I think there's a bit of a media thing against him at the moment. Like the BBC uh, text was talking about how he's done. It's now too mistake prone. I think we're seeing the decline and I love the man. But if it, apparently he's, he's chatting to Pochettino on the regular, you know, WhatsApp, if he wants to go to PSG and they'll give us Jay shaking your head. I love the man. I just think. Get rid. It's just, I, I'm being brutal now. I'm bit, bit, what what do we want from the best keeper to from a keeper? Is he delivering that? No, balls are going through him basically too much. I'm really sad because I love that man. We have to separate in our minds um, inability from genuine world class quality going through a confidence issue. Are we are we out? Are we Hoybier out? No, I'm no, we, and for that reason. We're not, out. We're not Hoybier out, and I think I think Hugo is in that class. You reckon? He's world class. He's he's a, he's in our spine of world class. We're not even. I think we are Hoybier out. We're definitely Lucas out, aren't we? I wouldn't say Hugo is or has ever been a world class goalie though. I've always disagreed with you on that. I, mean, I, I don't. I think to call him world class and like. For me, with Hugo, and it's not just Hugo, there's a number of players that are the same. It's sort of like the decline has been happening for the last few seasons. And this is just sort of like tipped it over the edge now with me for him. It's sort of like I've always been like, we do need to address the goalkeeping situation at some point. But there's other areas that are more. Um, Mate, how many more but I look at Hugo now and I'm like. I think he's costing us more than what he's saving us. You're and it's right. like I could always sort of deal with the odd error you're always going to get errors from goal like no goalkeeper is going to just never make mistakes look at Allison at the moment you know like he, all of a sudden he looks dreadful but with Hugo it's sort of like it's the quantity of errors that he now makes is sort of like before he'd maybe make three or four across the season like big errors whereas now it's, it's way more than that way way more than that and I think if you're playing a system and a, and a style which means that opposition is going to going to have more more attempts on your goal you can't have a keeper making that amount of errors like you just can't um I think the only thing that might save him is that we don't have a number two really that is massively knocking on the door like Joe Hart is a good backup goalkeeper but if we're being honest like he's not a great he's not a great keeper anymore so I think that might be the only thing that keeps Hugo in the team but if I see the team sheet the next game we're playing and Hugo's not playing I wouldn't be bothered by that. Like, you know, you do have to pick on form as well. And it's sort of like how many mistakes and how many bad games does he have to keep happening before he is taken out the side? If he was an outfield player, he would definitely have been taken out. Like, definitely. Like, he would be dropped for the next match. The, the absolute fact. But goalkeepers are a bit different, aren't they? Because it's more of a statement because you don't rotate your goalies. So I'm still in the middle because if I asked you how many World Cup captains... World Cup winning captains are playing in the Premier League or have ever played for Spurs. I think Ozzie Diaz maybe one, but there's, there, otherwise it's not much. And I think improving on him would be very difficult. I really do think improving on him would be difficult. Um, sure, I'm not. I feel like who? Yeah, I feel like there's goalkeepers out there now that are younger and are the same the same level as him. So that would now have they have, would have the potential to get better. Whereas like Hugo's not going to get better now, is he? Like I, I think of. I think of somebody like Nick Pope at Burnley or I think of Henderson at Man United, right? That I wouldn't argue to say that they're a much, much better goalkeeper than Hugo. I'd say they're probably, they're similar-ish level. Hugo might be a little bit better. But these guys are so much younger that they could, you know, their careers could go up and we could end up having a brilliant goalkeeper there. Whereas with Hugo, it's not, what we've got now is what we'll have until he goes. Like, that's the goalkeeper that he is now. So I agree that maybe there's not that many goalkeepers that would be easy to get that are immediately better, but there are so many that are younger and on the same level that could be way, way better than where he's at at the minute. But I think for a keeper, maybe for a sing- if we're playing with a single striker, which we do, you don't really have space for someone to grow in a team that wants to be top four like that, maybe for the Cups, but that's what a backup keeper's for. You have to have someone who's going to come in 
running like an Al- or not literally not running like an Allison or someone else like that. And I think to improve on him, I, I just think it'd be too much. I, what the we haven't seen those like game changing saves where he's sprawling. Yeah. We haven't seen one of them in ages. Um, and I, maybe that's because he's in, but he's positionally better or because the shots now that are coming in are right in the middle of the box and he can't do anything about them. Mm, I, I think the other the other issue for me with Hugo, which I've had for a number of years, is the captaincy. Me too. Because, because it's like, you know, I know he's captain of France and all that, and he clearly, like, he, he's, you know, he's got something about him, clearly, but it's like, Harry Kane is the captain of Tottenham. It's yeah. like, he has been for a number of seasons, and it's like, the difficulty is that you can't just say to Hugo, I want to keep, but we're going to make Kane captain. Like, that, that doesn't happen. And I think for Kane, that could be something especially if we finish outside of Europe this season, that could make him stay for luck enough. If we say to him, look, goal is going, we want you, you know, the England captain, you know, we want you to be the guy that leads us forward. Like for somebody like him that's come through the youth system and all of that, that could be something that makes him go, you know what, I'll, I will do another year. Like, and he, he, like, he is our captain, like he is. Is there like, we saw in the in the documentary that that he basically was anyway. Is it more of an admin point anyway? Like the the role of the captain in rugby is compl- is is and it is more than admin. Like they, there's a leadership role in many ways, but that it it can be just more of an admin point of view. Anyway, anyway, anyway. I think um, it's a statement though, isn't it, for a player? It is just, a statement. I think if you say to any player, we want you to be the captain of our team, like yeah. you're like that that in itself is just a massive statement it's like you've got someone like Hoiberg who's a leader yeah like, yeah doesn't need the arm but he's yeah. a he leads on the pitch but I don't know everyone's saying oh he's a future captain like, he's a leader definitely but for me there's a little bit of difference between somebody that can lead and then somebody that's good you know he's the captain and he's yeah. basically he's the big head of your whole club well and Kane as well right the reason he's still with us is because I think winning a trophy with Tottenham is the same as winning 10 with anyone else. Like, it's not like it's, Walker. It's Steven Gerrard and Alan Shearer. It's that. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, oh, it's that's more than... Gerrard would have left years before, right? Yeah. He would have, if he had the choice. I've got a quiz. Have you got a quiz? No, no, do, let's do, you do your one. Um, it's the team that walked out in the San Siro 10 years ago. I love it. Jay. Oh. Huh? So, we played 11 players. I'm going to tell you their team, because their team is, again, unbelievable. Abiati, great. Nesta, Thiago Silva, who was the best defender in the world. Yepes, Gattuso, Seedorf, Flamini, Abate, Antonini, Ibrahimovic, Rubinho. Unbelievable. Decent, decent With, side. Was it still was that Seedorf and Gattuso in midfield? That's amazing. all right, isn't it? And Pato came on for Seedorf, who was one of the best strikers in the world. And then you have a look at our team, and it's ridic- It's a joke. Also, before you do that, ST, Alexandra Pato. He's about to sign for some MLS team. He's only 31. Is he? Like, I was like, he's 38, 39. He's 31. Well, Gattuso is my age, was my age when he played then, because everyone's talking about the fight he had with Joe Jordan. No, um, but that's crazy, because he looks way more of a man than I ever, <laughs> ever will. And also, the difference between you and Gattuso is you probably wouldn't square up to an old bloke. I, I have. No, 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 no. I wouldn't. Not, oh, I wouldn't not, 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 not one you know you could fight anyway. <laughs> no. Right then, goalkeeper. Goalkeeper. Uh, I think it was Gomez. It was Gomez. Gutuccini played the second leg, maybe. Right Gomez. back. Easy, because Gattuso almost took his leg off. Um, or was it Flamini? Yeah, it was Flamini on um, Corluca. Yeah. And then... Dolphins. Yeah. And... Woodgate. No. Maybe maybe William Gallas. Was well, William Gallas. Yeah. Speed there. Yeah. And left then Asri Cotto left back. Yeah. yeah. Right. I think we're playing a 4-5-1, four, four, wasn't it? A 4-5-1 yeah. then, yeah. So on the right, easy. Lennon. Lennon. And then two defensive, more defensively minded players. Definitely Sandro. Sandro was there. Was, I feel like Jermaine Genus might have maybe played. Wasn't Speed, on the bench. Yeah. Pienaar was played. Good. Strong work. Tom Huddleston? Nope. So we've got Sandro, Pienaar, Lennon. And then we've got two more Palacios. players. Palacios. Palacios. Sandro and Palacios. That's right. Because there was that bit of play where Palacios forced, I think, Seydorf, like all the way back into his own half with the ball. It was brilliant. It was brilliant. And then we uh, had another midfielder, did we, there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't remember. I can't see him playing. Was it? 
Was it Van der Vaart? It was Van der Vaart. Yeah, I can't he, see it. I feel like he came off. He came off. He did for Modric. Yeah. I don't know why Modric wasn't starting. And then up front, I easy. Crouchy up top. And then we had on the bench, Kudicini, Basson, Woodgate, Modric, Crenshaw, Pav and Defoe. Decent bench. Defoe on the bench. I love Defoe. Like, he's such a forgotten player. Like He was it's so crazy, good. Like, he it's, was such a good player. It's such a shame he played when he did because there's no good compilations of him. Because now there'd be compilations of him just smashing balls in. Because he had the, the hardest, most accurate shot you've ever seen. The most selfish player you've ever seen. Would never pass the ball. But... I feel like a prime Defoe now as well. Could Because the, the thing with Defoe at the time was he wasn't great up top on his own. No. Just because of the way players... Whereas now, prime Defoe with like high-energy teams pressing... I think it'd be brilliant now. It'd be like I think he'd score way more because like, imagine him like up top at like Liverpool. Do you know what I mean? Which is just high energy. Like it'd, it'd be great. Reminds me of Vardy a little bit, just yeah. making runs, just always making runs, just nightmare yeah. for defenders. Yeah, it's the same team as well. If I look at the home game, Gomez, Galas, Dawson, Choluka, Asukoto, Lennon, Van der Vaart, Modric, Sandro, Pinar, Crouch. A bit more attacking. And that second, that second leg that finished nil nil was a, I had a wow moment in that game, which was Clarence Seydorf. So I, he was a player that I'd admired, but I've never seen him, obviously I've never seen him play before. So I was really excited to see him, which I always am. You know, when you play against the top side, you want to see the best yeah. players. And there was a moment in that game, and it was after about three or four minutes. He hadn't really been involved, and he got the ball, and he dribbled past, I think it was Palacios, and he played like a 40, 50-yard ball, just absolutely killed Dawson, like put him on the floor. And I think Ibrahimovic shot and it like went narrowly wide and it was just like, whoa, like yeah. it, this, like this is quality football. Like these are players that are just better than ours. And it was like <laughs> at that moment, I feel like the Spurs coach and stuff, the Spurs players were like, let's try and get a nil nil. Like let's not try and play too much football tonight. Let's just try and get and hold what we got. You know what Jose say. needs now? Joe Jordan in the dugout with him. That'd be great, wouldn't it? Joe Jordan at the top. We came. We um he knocked Wales out of a qualifier with a handball, a bit like a Maradona. It's quite it's quite a famous thing for Welsh football. So I've got a love hate relationship with Joe Jordan. We should just shout just shouting at them all. Yeah, in in unintelligible Glaswegian. Yeah, just remember that scaring the crap out of them before they go out. A, um, a good Joe Jordan story that I remember when he was assistant was we had an, a, a game towards the end of the season. We might have been playing Birmingham or somebody like that. And we were sort of 3-0 up with 10 minutes to go. Like the game was dead. Um, they had a corner. And um, Nico Crenshaw, I was playing, was his responsibility was clearly like, you stop the short corners. Yeah. Like that was clearly his role. And we're 3-0 up and the, game, like, the game's dead. They've got a corner. They take a short corner and they cross it in and they nearly score. Joe Jordan comes out of the dugout and I literally, I've never seen a man's head look like it was going to explode like that. Um, like absolutely tore into him. And you could see Cranchow was like, I'm in a bit of trouble here. Anyway, a couple of minutes later, they got another corner. Cranchow legged it. I've never seen him move that fast. Stop the short corner. And it was just like, that's brilliant. Discipline, isn't it? It's brilliant. So he, oh, it's probably a one for another time, but he's, he's in my top three most beautiful players that I've seen play for Spurs, Cranchow. I've always said it. Beautiful in terms of aesthetically or his style or all of it. I know his his face, just his face. Yeah, and the big guy, long sleeve tops he used to wear. Always with his thumb in the thing. Lovely locks. You could he oh. can take you around Croatia, which is a beautiful country and cheap, so that's good as well. Take you home to meet his parents. And his dad was a a coach as well, I think. But then you've also got Gazaniga and Hugo. I think they're the other the other two. I'm not in. I'm not into Winks. <laughs> You laugh like we've never spoken about this before, but we talk about this sort of stuff a lot. Well, Hugo would be good fun on a night out, wouldn't it? Because he likes a drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. You'd be. Uh... You just have to make sure you plan on how you're going to get home. <laughs> He's not going to save you, is he? <laughs> <laughs> we should probably, before we go, preview the two games this week. Because oh, they're, they're more Tottenham this week. The Europa League's back, Jay, Thursday. The Europa League. I've actually. We've got Wolfsburger on first, and then we've got West Ham at the weekend. So Wolfsburger are not Wolfsburg. Wolfsburger are Austrian. Austrian, yeah. 
Yeah, and they're actually called RZ Pellets Whack for sponsorship reasons. So they are fairly low in their group uh, in their league now. They're sixth, and they're actually below LASK, who we've already beaten and drawn with three 0 and three three. And they were dreadful. They were absolutely dreadful. So if we don't win that comfortably, which is what Jose will want to do, just go out and win it, then. Let's talk about UEFA putting it in a neutral venue, which is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Like, there's a global pandemic on, and we can't travel to two countries. So let's bring another country in. Let's let's bring another. Like, let's let's infect more people. Idiots at UEFA. But uh, we, I mean, no one wants to listen to us anymore. So I, I think we'll win that one. I think West Ham will one, be a nightmare. One-one against Wolfsburg for me, <laughs> and then uh, I, and then I think I think that we have to bounce back against West Ham. Like I think we'll I think we'll win, but I think that will be an ugly, ugly game of football. Like that'll I'll be a one horrible set pieces penalty that type of game for me against West Ham. Yeah, I'm going three-nil, two-nil to West Ham. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd be positive now. I honestly think West Ham will turn us over. Oh, I'd, li- I'd like us, I'd like us to scare the crap out of them. I'd like Delhi to start. I'd like Delhi to play in the hole and just find spaces, wind up, wind up the opposition, wind up Mark Noble. So Delhi in the hole for Jay. Yeah. Um, ASD, where would you like Delhi? I'd like a bit more up front. <laughs> okay. Did the and I think we, playing that approach will lose 2-0. <laughs> it's, it's worth... To, I mean, West Ham's a horrible game. There's a lot of people who may not know how horrible that game is if they have been to games. I mean, Jay, we went to the last game at the Bolin ground, right? Me, you. You had... I mean, you looked like a doctor. You had a very nice coat on and your glasses on, which broke. And it was awful. We were sat in with their fans and we lost 1-0 to a Antonio header, Jack, probably. I remember near post, wasn't it? It was awful. And it I mean, they were having a party, they were in a great time, but it was me, you, Jay, and then I think we were with a West Ham fan, Danny. And then I was walking up the steps to leave early and I met one of my mates who used to be on this podcast like ten years seven years ago. And I was like, What are you doing here? Like, it was a proper one of those moments. But yeah, it's an awful, awful ground, awful human beings at that club. I mean, the fact that they're owned by Porn Barons tells you everything you need to know about the, the club, really. But they're going to get beat when we play them. So it's going to be, this is going to be the turning point of the season this week. We're going to bounce back and all's going to be good when we're podcasting again next week. Right. I'm in. Control your enthusiasm. <laughs> I'm sold. Good. At least somebody <laughs> is. I'm not even sold. It's my point. Um, <laughs> well, look, fingers crossed for for what has to be a positive week let's see what happens remember whatever does happen future's bright future's lily white come on you spurs i always thought there was very very many people interested in football and i always thought that football was a very important game but i never realized until today just how important it is whether the wonder boys of white heart lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion well, they're the finest team in Great Britain, and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. The curve of the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2! It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe, 
and Perryman. Glory past, glory future, what was, what is, what's next. We are Blancheflower, Ardelis, and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do.